welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs podcast. We're on season three, episode number five, with your hosts Dan and Andy. How you doing tonight, Andy? I am good. I am good. How about yourself? I'm fighting a little chest cold here. I got a raspy voice, trying to fight it. Uh, we couldn't do the show yesterday, but now we're set. I think it's a little uh, right. little hoarse, but it'll work. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Let, let's cut right into the trivia question and get things started right in the deep end here. One big uh, game last Saturday in college football is the annual Army-Navy game. And so Navy won that. That was pretty fun. There's some good talk about that, good discussion on how that happened. But the trivia question is this. What sport, what sport is the annual Army-Navy Cup? What event, what sporting event is the Army-Navy Cup? They do it every year. They've been doing it for 80, 83, 84 years, I think. Every oh, wow. All right. That's interesting. We'll have that answer uh, later. It's not It's not football. It's a different sport. It's not a football one. All right. Oh, it's pretty good stuff. So, but go ahead. I'll try to uh, limit my uh, chatting here as much as I can. Oh, well, God bless us all. There's our stats from Spotify this year. Spotify does it for all their podcasts and artists and stuff. 54 episodes. Four total countries last year. Followers are up 50%. Growing fastest growing podcast in Carver County. All of Carver County. Starting with Gopher News. Gopher Baseball released their schedule. And as you can see on here, there's a few things uh, we've mentioned before. St. Cloud State, North Dakota State will be coming down playing the Gophers a couple different times. Um the games are, you see, it says uh, Florida Atlantic, Florida Gulf Coast. Then they got that Twins exhibition game in Indiana State at Fort, at, uh, Fort Myers. Then the games, it says U.S. afterwards. That's U.S. Bank Stadium. Just not to make you think, they're, well, of course they're playing in the United States. No, that's U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, the first game at Seabird Field, what you see there will be against North Dakota State April 5th. I'm guessing some of those, the early April ones, as much as they say uh, the at the field there on campus at Seabrook Field, it's Minnesota. I'm pretty sure they can still get into the bank in April for if they have to need to. But there we go. Just around the corner, kids. Go for basketball. I have to take a retraction. I was wrong last week when I said they'd lose both Michigan State and Michigan. Gopher men came up with a big upset at Michigan. So that's nice 10-point win there for the boys. They're 8-1 and one on the year. Uh, they play again tomorrow night against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. And then a week later, Green Bay and Alcorn State. And after that, they start the Big Ten, more Big Ten schedule action there. Off to a good start there for the boys. They need these early wins like this because – Kind of 20 is the magic number for wins to make the, the tournament. So we'll see how they do here. Hopefully they'll, they're off to a good start here. The gals took it on the chin there over the weekend. Ah, lost to Nebraska and to Michigan. But they got Ohio, Drake, and Northwestern coming up here. So hopefully they can turn things around for the gals. Volleyball, they the Gopher women lost. They didn't make the Elite Eight, then lost to Wisconsin. So here's how the final four matches up for women's volleyball. Got Louisville and Wisconsin on one side, 
Pittsburgh and Nebraska. So two Big Ten teams in it. Could be Big Ten against Big Ten for the championship. In the Elite Eight, there was four teams from the Big Ten in the Elite Eight. And two of them played each other. So we're down to two. So uh, hopefully we get at least one Big Ten team, if not both. That would be kind of neat and exciting. But go for women. As you see there, 25-18, 26-24, 25-22. They didn't exactly get crushed. They held their own. Not making excuses. It was in Wisconsin. Not making excuses for that, just to let you know. But the gals held their own. They beat you know Baylor the week before, who was the higher seed, to make the Elite Eight. And so congratulations to the women on a nice, nice season. Prep hockey, I don't have a lot of scores. It's got some rankings here for you the, the, through the uh, December 6th through 12th. Um, so here we go. We got War Road, Orono, and Proctor as the top three in A. And in double-A, you got Andover, Edina, and Minnetonka, the top three there. And you see the rest of the rankings there. The boys, Hermantown, War Road, and Matamidi, uh, top three. Then Edina, Lakeville South, and Grand Rapids. Top three, Prior Lake at five, and Rogers at ten for the boys in double-A. So interesting to see how those pan out on the year. Probably like up from nine the week before and Rogers debuting. So Bison football or Bison sports. And we'll get back to it here. They uh, Sunday, they lost to Wyoming in uh, the basketball there, the women. And today I don't have the scores yet. The boys are playing tonight. You can catch it on ESPN plus or off the Bison website where you can catch that action there. Rest of the week, they got football against James Madison and basketball against Pacific because they did it win in advance. So here's how the Final Four are looking at for, for them for football. Got Montana State and the or unseeded South Dakota State on one side and then the Bison and James Madison on the other side. Just to kind of let you know, here's how the brackets are turning out or how they all got there, I should say, first of all. Let's backtrack how they got there. I see South Dakota State with wins over Sacramento State and then over Villanova to advance. Uh, Montana State beat Sam Houston and also beat uh, UT Martin to get there. So Sam Houston was the one seed and Montana State upset them. So kind of got the underdogs on the one side. Bias inside the bracket. James Madison got there with wins over Southeastern Louisiana. And then number six, Montana. And the buys with a big win over ETSU and over Southern Illinois to get there. ETSU squeaked by Kennesaw State to get there. And here is your last few champions. I see Sam Houston won it last year. Bison had a nice run of three there. Um, uh, really, what, seven out of eight years? James Madison with that little verp there in 2016. But, you know, one, two, three, four, five, eight out of nine years for the Bison. Trying to make it uh, nine out of 11 coming up this year, which would be very nice. And these are all the years since they started playing it in Frisco, Texas. Or as, as you can see from the stat, referred to as Fargo South. The Beavs, last weekend, uh, women took it on the chin against number one Wisconsin, which – you played the number one team, 5-1, 5-2, but uh, what are you going to do? 
Uh, the men also lost. They played number one Minnesota State. So both boys and girls were playing the number one teams. Uh, women's basketball, though, did sweep against Moorhead and Northern State. Boys basketball did not do as well. They got the L's. Coming up this weekend, it's U Mary, Minnesota State, or U Mary for boys basketball, Minnesota State for the gals for hockey, and uh, U Mary for girls basketball Friday, Saturday. It's Minot State for basketball. The Wild coming to play. Here's their schedule coming up. Uh, had a good week last week, two and one, and they'll come up this weekend. They got three at home coming up. And there's the standings at this is going into Sunday. They were 39 points, number one overall in the West and in the Central. So they're looking good. Five-point lead there, so things are promising for the local squad. The Kraken, playing out at the Crack House in Seattle, did not do very well last week. And uh, on the road, and then for back-to-back against San Jose and Anaheim, then Saturday at home against Edmonton. As you can see, it doesn't matter here for the two teams on the schedule. I was just reading beforehand. Calgary Flames came down with some COVID on their team and have had to postpone the next few games. So it doesn't seem to be uh, affecting us here right now for our our clubs. But we'll look for schedule changes because of that. And also now the NHL is saying, you know what? We're not going to send any hockey players to Beijing next year. That was real brave NHL because U.S. and Canada backed out already, so. That was really brave of you. Here is the standing to Calgary's at first. So with them missing games because of COVID, they will be wanting to make those up because it could be crucial in the standings. And the Kraken have dropped back on the eighth. Three points up behind Vancouver. That kind of our our battle for the Kraken. Let's, get, let's at least get seventh place. Andy, it's um, December. You have your NASCAR logo up there. Because we got some sad NASCAR news. There's been some some bad news for NASCAR stuff here. First of all, though, the good news. As of yesterday, 10 more Sundays till Daytona. So it keeps you nice warm thoughts. But here's one statement from NASCAR. The Earnhardt family holds a special place for NASCAR history. And Danny Earnhardt, who was important to the part of their success. Danny worked hard behind the scenes, helping three generations succeed. Uh, so Danny passed away, so thoughts and prayers to their heart family. And also there he is, a guy from my youth watching both uh, NASCAR, a few times, a handful of races in NASCAR, mostly IndyCar, the racing world lost Al Unser Sr. Uh, here it is, Alfred's, Alfred Unser, uh, race car driver, younger brother, and fellow racer, the drivers Bobby or Jerry and Bobby Unser, father to Al Unser Jr., he was the second of four men between A.J. Foyth himself, Rick Mears, and Castavallis, who won the Indy 500 four times. Four times. You see a 17-year span between his first and fourth time. The fourth of five of the have won the race consecutive years. He won the national championship in 70, 83, and 85. The Unser family has won the Indy 500 a record nine times in that family. So you think the Earnhardts are popular or the, the, the Elliots now in NASCAR. They got a ways to go reach nine between those families. Um, he's the only person to have both a sibling and a child as fellow Indy 500 winners. 
Um, he was diagnosed with liver cancer in 2004, having a tumor and half his liver removed in 2005. He continued to suffer from cancer for the next 17 years before dying of the disease of, at the age of 82 back on December 9th at home in New Mexico. So a couple losses there for the NASCAR family. Pretty sure a racing family. So pretty sure what they told it'll be a big thing for both of them. Um, you look up the things for uh, Al Sr. He raced like four or five races in NASCAR. One of them was a Daytona 500, finished fourth, finished eighth another. So he always placed high in the handful of races he did, but just wasn't his thing. That is it for the sports part. Um, just a couple other things I'll bring up on there too before we get into the music end of it for sports. Things don't have pretty pictures for us. I'll have you start this instead of my face too long. There is a lot of wrestling news went on recently. Um, ROH had their final battle pay-per-view over the weekend. Hard times for NWA was a couple weeks ago. We've talked about that briefly. Wednesday night, AEW has their Winter is Coming special on. Jason Inc. and I will be doing something special this week. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be going over the pay-per-views and previewing the AEW special. So all the wrestling stuff. Kind of skipping today, saving for tomorrow's episode I'll do with Jason. And uh, we'll have that popped out for you before Wednesday so you can hear our predictions for winter is coming and see how wrong we usually are. Now we will tackle into the songs part of the, the program. Here's the mainstream rock airplay list from our friends at Billboard magazine. Here you see Papa Roach number one. Uh, Volbeat at number three and Ghost at number four. We talked about we'll talk about them coming up here as concerts coming up in town. So they've got songs out there. Bad Wolves is coming to town. Nina Strauss, very good guitarist. I love her work. I highly recommend you give that a listen right there. Um, Corn, <laughs> I could do without him. Um, and asking asking Alexandria. I always trip up on that one. They're in there at number ten. Uh, there's our top 10 for mainstream rock airplay. Now we're getting to some concert news coming up here. Sticks, Ario Speedwagon with special guest Loverboy. No Minnesota dates on here, but they will be in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, June 7th. Um, no, again, uh, Illinois, the fourth, Milwaukee, the seventh, Clarkston, Michigan, the eighth. So not real close to us here, but you never know. I think sticks is going to be here sometime in between, but not with this setup, but this would be an awesome show. If you get a chance to see it, uh, that would be a fun concert to go to Metallica will stream their 40th anniversary concert next week in a free broadcast. I know, Metallica and free broadcast in the same sentence. The gig will take place in San Francisco, the Chase Center on December 17th and 19th, and will be viewable through the Coda Collection via Amazon Prime. The streams will begin at 9 p.m. Pacific time. So you can go to that Coda Collection website um, or your Amazon Prime site. It's a free concert if you pay for Amazon Prime, so... I guess it's kind of a not really truly free. But give it time, you'll be out to hack it or download it a few days later anyway. 
Jeff Dunham coming to Target Center on December 30th. Uh, his puppeteering there with all his friends. Very funny man. Uh, December 30th, Target Center. Medina. Medina's got some good shows coming up. So let's see what Santa brings you. Here's the concert list. This isn't all of them. This is just the ones I picked out that would be nice to go to. Hairball, New Year's Eve. And if they're still pushing out to buy tickets, there's, there means there's still tickets available. New Year's Eve. Um, says doors open at 7.30, music at 8.30. Don't know if they're going to go all the way to midnight or not. So you might be able to still head down to the bar for midnight, down at Roberts, head back across the street to the hotel if you're staying there. Good time always, but check it out. Advanced Journal Mission 37. That's not bad for a hairball show. It's a 21-plus event. Um, it's New Year's Eve. Stay at the hotel across the street. Trust me. Arena is the opening act. So maybe they will be pushing midnight for a time. We'll see. Saturday, February 5th, Winger and George Lynch will be playing. Uh, tickets available through the Medina site there. 34 bucks that for Joe Mission, that for those two, that's not a bad price, in my opinion. Would I pay 34 bucks just, just to see a winger? No. Would I pay 34 bucks to see George Lynch? No. Could see them both together? Yeah, probably. That's not a bad deal. George Lynch, if you're trying to remember the name, guitarist from Dokken. He does a pretty good solo stuff. February 12th, Firehouse and Sweet. Again, $34 show. Not a bad gig either. That'd be kind of neat to go to, to that one there. Uh, still still pulling it out. February 25th, Tommy DiCarlo, singer from Boston. Not the town, but the band. Maybe he's from that town too. I don't know. And uh, Rudy Cordanis from American Idol. I'm sure he's a good singer. I was not an American Idol watcher, so I wouldn't know if I saw him. But he does do some covers of uh, like Journey stuff, some other things like that for that genre of music. So if you like Boss and you like all those other kind of music, very good concert to go to. $28 for the general admission ones on that. So there's the situation there. Again, Medina Entertainment Center, you can check it all out there. Weirdo Yankovic will be coming. His concert, he's touring the country with Emo Phillips. Male Civic Event Center is where he'll be July 23rd. Um, don't know how many more big tours from Weird Al we're going to get. So if you're a fan, this might be the, kind of the farewell tour. Um, he's not plugging it that way, but like the rest of us, Al's getting up there. He's a little long in the tooth, married now, you know, settling down. And he's getting more and more into the directing of videos and stuff like that. So he doesn't do a lot of new things anymore. So there's that. Like I said, kind of a short and sweet for me this week. Uh, like I said, don't have a lot of the high school things up yet for basketball. They don't have rankings listed yet for me. Not a lot of games played. They have played some. Don't get me wrong. I know they've played some high school basketball. The game rankings are out for hockey. Uh, we're not going to get the conference standings yet because there's, like I said, two or three games played in each conference really right now. So and like we said before, we didn't talk, tackle much college basketball except the Gophers. Uh, or hockey. And that's one thing I like about those two college sports is their top tens change so much throughout the week. 
unlike football where you play just Saturday, so you got all week to talk about who's number one. So we're really not going to put the standing or the rankings up on the show here much. We'll post them on social media throughout the week. We may just stick with um, conference and division standings, like Big Ten standings and stuff like that throughout the season. When we get closer to the end of the year, we'll start worrying about whether they're ranked nationally. We'll mention it, but we're going to stick to that on the show just talking about conferences. So that's what I got, sir. Um, Mets are still looking for a manager. They've narrowed down to three. Keep following hopes on that. Uh, Buck Showalter looks to be the leading candidate there. So, Well, it's, uh, you know, football season's in high gear. And like you said earlier, I'm going to share this. Division one FCS football. We got the final four. Yep. Uh, you know, that's that's a Friday night game. The good one. Yeah. Two against the three. Saturday afternoon, one o'clock is I'm not gonna say that's not gonna be as good, but South Dakota State is unranked in the top ten. I think they finished the year eleventh or twelfth, but they're out of the right. top ten. Montana State, that should still be a good game. But boy, that and, first one could be good Friday. And like the Biden game last week, these were on ESPN. So you can get these on regular TV. These are, so. yep. Because the nice thing now with uh Division One football is in a little breather. They'll start up heavy here next week when the bowls begin. But the FCS is going to be fun here this weekend. But keep in mind, the winners don't play until January 8th in the title game. Yep. So they'll, uh, you'll lose there this week. You'll be done. The only two teams left, they'll have a couple weeks off for the championship. But that doesn't mean the football stops there. That's right. Check this out. Oh. I'm going to share it. This weekend, baby, Division mm-hmm. Two and Division Three. First oh, wow. off, Ferris State against Valdosta. Valdosta State twelve and one against thirteen and zero. This is Saturday Saturday night game, eight o'clock ESPNU, and this is for the D two title game. Final two teams left in Division Two football. Not that much talked about. They don't get that much praise, but boy, they're going to be on ESPNU. You know, Minnesota State Mankato was in this. I think two out of the last five or six years in that yep. title game. And so this is some very good football. Get the, get a chance to watch this. And this is ESPNU. Now, we can't forget about our uh, E3 friends out there. Yep. Their national title game is Friday night, also this week. North Central against Mary Harden-Baylor. Both teams, they're undefeated. That's a Friday night game. Early start, 6 p.m. on ESPNU. And now they play that game at the Hall of Fame Stadium, Canton, Ohio, where the NFL Hall of Fame game is. Every That'd be so kind of neat. For those kids. Well, you know, and also both those teams undefeated. I don't care what we've said before. I don't care what division you're playing. You undefeated. That's incredible. Well, we're down to the last four teams left in Division Two and Division Three, And in FCS, there's only four teams left. So there's really eight teams left in college football other than the, the D1. 80, yeah. 80 teams that are going to be playing in the bowls. Yeah. Um, but it's fun stuff. It's title, title town kind of, kind of yeah. stuff. Let's yep. do trivia question. Answer. Yes. Answer. So Army Navy played in the football game. Yep. Navy won that game. But while doing my research, it came up kind of new question for the trivia question. What's the Army Navy Cup? The I would answer, say because of the name Cup, I would say hockey. It's not correct. Uh oh. But it's also another word common with cup. It's soccer, men's soccer. Oh, okay. Army and Navy have played 82, 83 straight years. One big match against each other, but they just started calling it the Cup 10 years ago. Okay. So this last month was the 10th anniversary of the Cup. 
Army Navy plays. And we don't hear about this. You know, we don't co- cover college soccer that much. But the Army Navy Cup twice has drawn more than 10,000 in attendance for this one. Wow. Match. So it's a, it's a big thing, East Coast. They hold it yeah. in Philadelphia at a neutral site in between Army and Navy. So uh, it's something I didn't know. I don't think a lot of people would have gotten that answer right in the trivia, but I found it very interesting. That's cool. All right. Album of the week. Is your voice Horace from singing along to this album of the week? No, no, it, it, it is not. Although the album I'm going to do today, I do like, but I didn't like it that much. Here we go. Album of not the week. Not my favorite of theirs, I'll tell you that. It's a little Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Uh, is it up? Can you see it there? Yep, I see it. Yep. Dr. Feelgood is a fifth studio album by American heavy metal band Motley Crue. Released September 1st, 1989, making it the band's only album to claim a position on the Billboard 200 by topping the Billboard 200. Uh, it was the first album Motley Crue recorded after their quest for sobriety and re- rehabilitation. They said, you know what? We're going to get clean. We got to get clean and sober. We got to do this. And they did it. Well, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Not the best. Uh, but it's highly regarded as the, for music critic, critics and reviewers and music fans as the band's best studio album. Very crisp, very sharp. They brought in Bob Rock to do this. Bob Rock did the production. They recorded this at Little Mountain Sound Studios, Vancouver, Canada. Um, 45 minutes, seven seconds long. Bob Rock found working with the crew difficult. Describing them as, quote, Four L.A. badasses who used to drink a bottle of wine and want to kill each other. But what he said was, my job here is to minimize conflict. They're all sober now, but I still have each member record their parts separately. (laughs) Wise move. And they sold, you know, they, they sold six million albums, six times platinum. Uh, but had a lot of good songs on it as well. They started off with the track listing here, the intro, 42-second intro, called TNT, which is Terror in Tinseltown, kind of an intro to the album. Song two was Dr. Feelgood. That was nominated for a Grammy. Did not win, but it was nominated. Song three, Slice of Your Pie. Song four, Rattlesnake Shake. Song five, Kickstart My Heart. That's the one that really got a lot of airplay. It's uh, common at uh, sporting events. Also nominated for a Grammy. Song six is Without You. Song seven, Same Old Situation, also called SOS. Song eight, Sticky Sweet. Steven Tyler, Aerosmith appears on this. Uh, Some backing vocals, I think. Also on that song is Brian Adams is also background vocals. And Jack Blades. Jack Blades, my boy. Jack Blades, baby. Um, Song nine is She Goes Down. Song 10 is Don't Go Away Mad. Just Go Away. Song 11, Time for Change. Um, Dr. Feelgood and Kickstart My Heart are available on the soundtrack of the 2009 video game Brutal Legend. And also, the album cover that you're seeing right now, Nike S. 
B, their skateboard clothing line for Nike. We had a shoe based on the album cover. I did not know that. Now, Metallica's drummer, drummer Lars Ulrich recruited Bob Rock to produce their self-titled 1991 album, the, the Metallica album, after being impressed with Bob's production work on Dr. Feelgood. Rock would later perform Metallica's subsequent L albums until St. Anger, where he also played that album's bass parts. And, oh, they won at the American Music Awards January 1991, Best Hard Rock Heavy Metal Album of the Year. But the two songs that got nominated Grammys for both came in second place, The Living Color. <laughs> Cult of Personality. Yep, that's true. That's true. Living Color beat them all out that year. Now, here is the personnel. We already probably know this, but Motley Crue is Vince Neil, vocals, Mick Mars, guitar, Nikki Six, bass, also plays piano on Time for Change, and Tommy Lee, drums. And I think there was only one more thing I was going to show you about this. Uh, yeah, six million, six million albums sales for this album. Um, these guys sold a lot. It was it's kind of for the most part it has kind of an Aerosmith sound to it on some of the yeah. songs, and um, it's not bad. I don't see myself putting that in and listening to it all the time. The popular songs I don't. Once again, not really a fan of. They've all been just so overplayed. Same old situation is probably my favorite one on that album. Yep. Although my favorite Mother Girl album is Theater of Pain. Yes. Period. I I like the I older works as different. well. This is very commercial, very pop, yep. very, uh, you know. Very Aerosmith, like you said. Very. And, and I again, like you know, Mick, Mick Mars, Nikki Six basically do all the work on the. Yep. Uh, on the music but that's yeah. what i've got for this week's album of the week little motley crew dr feel good i like that i don't know that you yeah, skateboarding clothing you know, made a shoe based on that logo yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of where motley crew's kind of they were kind of going kissing away where they were selling their name and their logo for stuff god bless if we get a check don't get me wrong but they kind of started getting into that end of the, the industry a little bit and when Nikki Six became a businessman, not a musician. Kind of started doing one of these. Yes. In my opinion. You know, he just didn't care about the, not saying he didn't care about the music, but when all you care about is the music, what you hear in, you know, Too Fast for Love and Theater Pain and Girls, 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 you hear it in that one, those. Once he realized, hey, our name makes money, you know. That's just me. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. Um, not much for sports this week. Like I said, the high school stuff is kicking off, but they're also spread out with tournaments and this and that. Um, kind of like we do with football, we'll probably stick to our four or five schools we like and kind of follow them throughout the year, or certain conferences we'll follow. But we're not going to follow the state rankings too too much. We'll post them, but uh, you know as well as I do, by the time we post it, it's going to be outdated. So, you know. Right. The uh, the Twins news today, Oakland A's uh, did a, a Rule 5 uh, acquisition of one of our Twins outfielders. Further down on the depth chess schedule, 
further down on the prospect list. But I was going to be doing a show in the upcoming about how deep the Twins are in the outfield as far as some good talent down there. They didn't protect this player, and uh, the A's snapped him up today. He's a 22-year-old. He was highly res- uh, regarded as an 18-year-old in the international rankings. Uh, real talented, steals a lot of bases once again. So uh, we'll see. Oakland A's picked him up, but I'll be doing a show on the Twins. One thing, I was reading on Major League Baseball site today. They're talking about the Rule 5 draft. And so the Twins should be fans of the Rule 5 draft. So we picked up a guy named Johan Santana in the Rule 5 draft one year. Wow. So just – just remember, you know, granted, there, there's the one guy in how many years it panned out that was a superstar. But, you know, you never know. This is kind of fun about these Rule 5 drafts. You write that name down, and maybe in three, four years, you might hear it. But that's – This was actually the guy – today, the outfielder was someone that we got in exchange of the Eduardo Escobar trade to the Diamondbacks okay. a few years back. And, okay. Um, we got two guys for him, and the pitcher turns out to be um, really good. This outfielder also good, but um, – Picked up by the A's. So I'll do another midweek show here. Um, here right. one of these weeks and talk about the depth of the Twins. That's all I've got for this week, though. Yeah. As I said, Jason and I will be doing a wrestling one, if not two shows this week on it. Uh, tomorrow, for sure, with our review of the last two pay per views and preview of the AEW winter is coming Wednesday night. All right, everyone, enjoy your football games this weekend D2, D3, and FCS. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. See ya.